We are live on this Wednesday evening. Heavy hitters, Jack High Mitchell, Smedley, roll on with you. Oh my goodness, so good to be here. We're talking NFL, college football, MLB. So much to talk about now that we're in football season. Week one of the books, we'll be previewing week two today, giving our picks. We'll preview a little college football coming up on the weekend, and of course, all the latest and greatest in MLB. Mitch, hey are buddy, you ready to get started. Oh, I'm so ready. I'm juiced up. Juiced up on Chick Fil A. You did. You did just get Chick Fil A before we started <laughs> yeah, the show today. Only took so. a, you know forever, but we're here, and we have a special guest in the studio today. We do. That oh. is, <laughs> you're not even turning the not mic. Not even in the her. mic. What's up? I'm here, DJ Sid, in the studio with some of my favorite other studio members, I guess. And Mitch. And Mitch! <laughs> <laughs> not that guy. I hate that guy. I know nothing about sports. Um, just here for the ride. I'm so excited to be here. Just here for the ride. While you have the mic, actually, tell them about your show, uh, what you host, Planet and where Pulse, you can catch it. Every Friday, 1 to 2, all the EDM, house, dance, electronic, techno, you can swallow in about an hour, what so... What do you mean? <laughs> Stop the Mitchell mic. Anyways, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. It's really fun. Um, definitely the weekend mix. Get you going for Friday. Oh, and yeah. All your Friday activities. So and fitting then, uh, that it's on a Friday. Yeah, and then if you stick around three more hours after that, you'll uh, you'll hear some redneck rush hour. You will. Uh, finalizing your weekend preparations with some country. That is uh, hosted by me, by the way. Although there might there might not be an episode this week. Some uh, TBD unforeseen difficulties have arisen. Yeah, from the depths of the universe, they have. But we got a lot to get to, Jack. We got some major Monday Night Football news to talk about. We do. Uh, we got some MLB tidbits to hit. Um, I have a excuse me. Apparently, I have a voice that doesn't work. <laughs> I have a little bit of a, a, a bone to pick with the Philadelphia Phillies, and like you said. We got some primetime Eagles tomorrow night, uh, kicking off week two of NFL, and some college football week three matchups that we will get to, all of which coming up in the next two hours. Where are we going first, Jack? We'll start MLB. Let's some breaking it. news, actually, about 20 minutes or so before we came on. Max Scherzer uh, is likely done for the year, yep. uh, dealing with a strain of, of his muscle and, and his shoulder. Um, so he's out for the regular season. See, that's a misleading headline, likely done for a year. That makes it like he's done for the season uh, from Bleach Report, but I'm getting it from ESPN. I and, was going to say it looks like regular, regular season. Regular season. Yeah. So Bleach Report, very misleading. Thank you. Fake um, news. <laughs> he actually, uh, Scherzer has a strained Terrace major, which is actually, I think, the same injury Verlander had at the start of the season. Really? Well, brought so. together by the Mets. Uh, of course. It's so fitting. But uh, oh, unlikely to pitch in playoffs. Oh, unlikely doesn't mean impossible. So he okay. could be back, could not. Uh, but for now, the Rangers have to go without their deadline acquisition, their top guy Scherzer. Um, so we'll That's see how the Rangers hit. manage. That is a big hit, big time. They went out, they went out and uh, really made a big push at the deadline for him, uh, centered around him to take him into the postseason and beyond. And now it's oof, that is a rough pill to swallow if you are the Rangers. Some uh, some big injuries this week, man. All around sports. Not good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, we'll get to some uh, other injuries across other sports uh, when we talk about the NFL in a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you're unaware, um, you'll find out soon enough from us. But other MLB news. I got a little Mets news to talk about. Very excited for the days ahead in New York. Yeah, you got a new uh, manager of baseball ops. Yes, president of baseball ops, David Stearns, coming over from the Milwaukee Brewers. It feels like for years he's been rumored to come to the Mets. Uh, but he finally. Whoa, I'm moving my mic. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would help. 
That'd that be would nice. help. Can we get the you know the treasurer? Can we invest in that, buddy? <laughs> we we could. Um, and <laughs> probably Secretary, should, write that down. Think, write, that down. Like that. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. It's got like uh, just some drawing. <laughs> Sid, before we go any further, what do you think of the Mets? You a Mets fan? Okay. That I, she said <laughs> she knows nothing about sports. For all the mics in the studio, <laughs> treasurer, secretary, we're writing that down, taking notes. I have absolutely no idea about the Mets. Like, <laughs> say they're terrible. They're horrible. Oh, my goodness. Stinking, no good. Why exactly. would you say that? Why would you say that? I'm easily influenced, unfortunately. <laughs> I, <laughs> and she's sitting on this side of the room. Oh, me. yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but in all seriousness, David Stern's hired as the president of baseball operations. A very good move. Uh, signed up a five-year contract. Uh, Ten million AAV is the reported salary for him. That makes us makes him tie for the highest-paid executive in baseball with Dodgers uh, president of baseball operations um, Freeman. I think it's Andrew Freeman. Yes, he plays and manages. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but different Freeman. Oh, where was going to go with that? Oh, nice snap. Thank you. Yeah. Boom. Why is mine higher pitched? I don't know. <laughs> That's just the way it is, I guess. Moving on. But I'm excited for the days ahead in New York. I think Stearns is a very good, bright young mind in the game. He's very revered by his peers and, and you know, as executives. Um, so very excited for you know to see what he can do, taking the reins of this Mets organization. Um, he actually started as an intern with the Mets in 2006 uh, before going on his journey around the big leagues. He spent some time in the Cleveland organization. Uh, was with the Astros front office uh, before finally landing as the Brewers GM. On uh, 2017, I believe is the timeline for that. Uh, was their GM up until 2018, but, but prior to the 2019 season, they promoted him to president of baseball ops, and now he's coming to New York. So Stearns has made his way around the league. Uh, has been involved in some of the top organizations in the league, uh, like Houston. Brewers have been a consistent winning organization since his arrival, uh, and hopefully since um, I'm a big Mets fan, for those who are unaware, he can do the same for New York. I actually grew up a big Mets fan. I was born in Manhattan. I'm very excited uh, for the Mets to have yet another heartbreaking series of management decisions. Buck Showalter might actually be done after this year. About time. Some rumblings Wasn't he of that. the manager of the year last year? Yes, he was. <laughs> That's funny, objectively. All right, well, before we get back into the discussion, we have a message from the KUR Notebook. Happening Tuesday, September 21st at 6 p.m. in room 218 of, of the MSU, Accounting Club's Meet the Firms Night is an accounting club signature event providing you an opportunity to meet with representatives of highly respected accounting firms and other financial organizations. Attending firms are actively recruiting. Participating students typically receive internships or full-time career opportunities from this event. This opportunity is particularly important to sophomores, juniors, and senior accounting majors. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. K, you are back here, heavy hitters, live on this Wednesday evening. Like we mentioned earlier on, so much to talk about. We're talking all things baseball right now. We talked to Max Scherzer injury, how he's done for the rest of the regular season with the Rangers. David Stearns, reportedly hired as the Mets new president of baseball operations that's set to go through. Mitch, we didn't really talk about the Phillies yet, but they're I believe they're done with the series against the Braves. Are they one no, more they game? have one more tonight. One more 6 game. Six forty PM. One more game against the Braves happening tonight. Give me your thoughts on the Phillies. I'll I'll chime in with some thoughts of my own too. But take us through the series, take us through what your thoughts are, and um you know, what do you think this ceiling is ultimately at the end of the day, based on how they're playing right now? Well, the Phillies are one Craig Kimbrell and Jose Alvarado away from being uh up three to nothing in this series. Instead, they find themselves down 2-1. to one. And the reason for that is because the Philadelphia Phillies have this uncontrollable, uncontrollable habit of losing, 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 
and then at the very end of the game, either tying it or winning it with a big home run in the eighth or ninth inning, uh, typically by Bryce Harper or Trey Turner. Um, and then, and only then, will inevitably Craig Kimbrell predominantly and sometimes Jose Alvarado make their way onto the field, sometimes with Welcome to the Jungle blaring in the background, only to give up that uh, lead we just erased and give away the game to, uh, you know, your biggest division rival. And it's just disheartening. It's it's unfortunate. They've been doing it for the last three weeks or so. You remember uh, Bryce Harper's 300th home run, which took the lead in the bottom of the eighth inning against the Angels? Yep. Craig Kimball gave that up in the ninth. Gave up, I believe, three runs. Lost that game. Thanks, Craig. Trey Turner uh, against Milwaukee, a team you're right in the in the sort of standings bunch with, uh, at least at the time, hits a big three-run bomb uh, in the eighth inning that turned a two-run deficit into a one-run lead, uh, capping well, off again. a fourth, uh, uh, capping off a four-run rally, uh, and then I believe it was uh, Kimbrel again, or was that Jose? No, that was Jose Alvarado that came in. And uh, loaded the bases, walked in a run, and then Hoffman came in, got the second out, but then Bohm had it go under his glove, bases cleared. Yeah, that's really Bohm's fault. Well. I would say that's Bohm's Never should have gotten to that point. You shouldn't be walking in runs. It happens, though. No, it doesn't. No, you need your not third, the competent you, teams. You need your third baseman to field a routine ground ball. That, that would also help. So. But my main point of this is the consistent thing you'll see time and time again is the Phillies' bullpen is good when it doesn't matter and is awful when it does. They, these guys have no flair for the dramatic. They have no ability to pitch in big moments. And quite frankly, they're not going to win playoff games unless you get nine innings from your starters, which you will not get because your starters still include Aaron Nola, who I got to see up close and personal on Saturday night this week, uh, you know, with the mandatory home run uh, payoff inning for Aaron Nola, followed by, you know, like three doubles, um, turned a 5 nothing lead into a 5-4 lead right quick. Thank you, Brandon Marsh, for providing insurance with a three-run double later on. Won the game, was not comfy, don't like Aaron Nola. Uh, Zach Wheeler, he got lit up yesterday. Uh, he's getting lit up about every other time he steps on the mound. That's not comforting. I mean, who am I most confident in when they step on the mound? Christopher Sanchez? Yes. <laughs> what What are we doing? Like, I saw that Christopher Sanchez is pitching today, and I go, oh, we might win. He's I don't tonight. have that feeling with anyone else. That's what I'm saying. He's pitching tonight. I, that's what I'm saying. I looked at the lineup and I saw Sanchez. I'm like, tonight, tonight might be a win. Who knows? By the way, like, is Matt Olson human when he plays the Phillies? Like, what is going on? I remember he always hits home runs in Philly. What is going on? He's I remember, got like. I remember last year I went to a game and he had an absolute rocket in the fifth inning of the game I went to for a home run to make it, I believe, 5 1 Braves at the time. He either tied or took the lead for uh, most home runs in a Braves season uh, against the Phillies this weekend. Had two in one game. He's got like, I think it's four in the series so far. I might be wrong on that. It's three or four, three minimum in three games. I mean, just. Come on, man. Like, come on. What are we doing? It's so unfortunate. It's so frustrating that any time we get any sort of momentum, it's given away by this stupid bullpen that was good for a long time and now is just falling apart. And and part of that is overworking these guys, giving them too much too many innings, and that rests on the starters because they don't go deep into games at all. Yeah, exactly. They don't go they don't go six or seven or oh my goodness, God forbid, eight. They don't go eight innings. They go four. I want to point out one thing. Four and a third. When you were ranting on earlier, you sounded just like Stephen A. Smith. And quite frankly, (laughs) I don't. uh, Well, Craig Kimball, I mean, this man is a certified scrub. 
He can't play. <laughs> no disrespect whatsoever. No disrespect whatsoever. But I mean, look, I was on the I was on the shuttle today, and I was talking with my friend uh, about it, and and basically giving that same monologue. Yeah. And um, so you were practicing. Yeah, basically. And a fella sitting across the way. Uh, if you're out there, man, I mean, we're in full agreement. He's he's ready to get Jose off the team. As am I. I told him about. Uh, yeah, I told him that if there was ever a transcript released of my phone call after Alvarez hit the home run off Jose, oh yeah, I'd never have a job. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It Sid, was. It was not good. It was bad. I, I can attest to oh, that. Yeah, Jack. Jack so got my that, call. That's going to stay in the archives. Yeah, never to be heard by anyone. And if that catches the light of day. Mitchell Smithy's career would be tarnished. It would be over. On Twitter. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. actually X. So, oh, yeah. X, so please, I prefer Twitter, but but uh, yeah, so. We were in full agreement. Jose needs to be off the team. He can't pitch. He's he's done. He's I don't know what injury did it for him, but one of them did, and he can't pitch. Sir Anthony's even worse. He looks hopelessly lost. He looks absolutely atrocious. I mean, who do I have the most confidence in, in this bullpen? Jeff Hoffman is your new ace. Jeff Hoffman. Jeff Hoffman is your new ace. Your new knight in shining armor. He's the Andrew Bellotti on steroids of last year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Um, it, it's just atrocious, and I, I hope they figure it out. Doesn't look like they will. It looks too consistently inconsistent. Gotcha. Um, let's take a look at the updated wild card race here. That's at, not in, in the National I'm League. So Phillies sad. hold the top wild card spot. Cubs not too far behind, only a game and a half back of the Phils. Still a chance to catch them there, so Phillies can't let More their... than a chance. Have you watched the September Phillies? It's the greatest form of torture known to man to watch them. I'm just going to let that simmer for a minute. It's true. Oh. It's true. The Diamondbacks are actually in a big series against the Mets right now. Tommy Pham at a home run in the 8th inning to tie before the D-backs took the lead in the ninth inning to win it on Monday night. Yesterday, the Mets won 7-4. Backed by a lot of production for the young guys. Ronnie Mauricio belts his first major league home run. 440 feet, by the way. That ball was absolutely crushed into the Coca-Cola corner. Uh, Pete Alonso hit his 44th home run of the year. It feels like that's not even talked about a lot, just quietly having a... Pete Alonso type year. Wow, him and Schwarber are basically tied with a chance to push for 50 home runs. But I mean, you know, Alonso's still better than Schwarber. We've been there. No, he's before. not. Like he just is not. But you know, we can disagree. We can agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, Schwarber is a fantastic leader. But I'm excited about these young Mets, man. I, I like Alvarez, Mauricio showing some good flashes early in his big league career. Um, so I'm just interested to see how these guys continue to take steps forward, not only throughout the rest of this year, but going into the next year as well. We'll see how many other changes the Mets make in their organization, but, um, just can't, you know, boast about what these guys could be enough. So, yeah. Can I get, make one more Phillies point, by sure. the way? Sure. Uh, casually in the last 13 games, Trey Turner has 11 home runs. Yeah. He is kind of going on. What right is now. going on right now? He is kind of on a different level. He just, since September, Really, since the applause, since the ovation, he's since been the ovation, player. which I I don't know, if we fully talked about on this. I was wrong about. I was so wrong. I it said it's kind of crazy. It. It's kind of crazy mad. what happens when a city supports a guy instead wow. of trying to tear him down. I'm not used to that, Jack. I don't. So. I don't know what that's like. Yeah, you're a Philly sports fan. Wow. So what would you know about one of the greatest athletes? fans of all time? So, what would you know about uplifting athletes? <laughs> so, just saying. Uh, I I think the Philly fans are the best in. In sports, of course you do. You are one because it's not. It's, it's such a heavily biased opinion. It's a correct take. That's like me saying Mets fans are the best in baseball, well, even though it's not true. Actually, it's wrong. just bias. Hey, if you don't have enough passion to pelt Santa Claus because you're not losing enough, I don't want to hear it. You call it passion. I call it 
What do you call it? Um, we argued about deviance. this in the Chick-fil-A line, by the way. So Deviance? Yeah. Deviance? Nah. It's just being a good sport. So, I don't know. We can agree <laughs> to disagree once more, but um, we're going to shift to the AL real quick before our break. Orioles continue to run away with the East, 91-53. I mean, who saw this year coming for Baltimore? I mean, they're, the amount of good young players they have, it's just... Gunner. You know... Yeah, Gunner is going to win the AL Rookie of the Year. He's pretty good. I mean, they're good. without Felix Bautista the rest of the year. So, I mean. No doubt about it. That's. No doubt about it. That's Jose Bautista. I know, but, but it's still Bautista. Yeah. Astros, of course, have taken claim of the West. Are we shocked? No. Uh, um, boring. Boring. <laughs> and then the I twins, need someone else. Twins I, holding down the I central. can't stand the Astros. So. Boo, tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> what? No, you, like when you boo someone, you throw tomatoes. Oh, so I didn't I didn't pick up on that. So evidently not. Uh, well, top wildcard spot Rays are cruising with that. They're going to they're going to get it. Uh, and then the Rangers, Mariners and uh, Blue Jays are all jockeying for those final two spots. The Blue Jays. So our wild card. I could see the I could see the Mariners ripping their fans hearts out. And yeah, not that the feels right, doesn't it? So I don't know the Rangers now. Without, yeah, now uh, without Scherzer, though. Scherzer. You know what? Give me give me the Mariners. Give me the Blue Jays. See you later, Texas. Isn't that the same as last, last year? year? No, kind of. because who's the winning Rays, the Central? Uh, the Twins, and Cleveland won it last year. Yeah. So it's a little different. Oops. All right. Well, with that, we are going to step aside. When we come back, we will shift our focus. All things NFL coming right next. We'll recap Monday Night Football uh, and then start previewing week two, and that will more than likely take up the rest of our number one. So don't go anywhere. Plenty more sports talk next on Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back into Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, DJ Sid, I don't know your last name. Uh, <laughs> we're making our way through this Wednesday evening. Um, Sid and Jack are making fun at the expense of blind people, but it's okay. <laughs> no, no. That portrays us in such an incorrect and negative light. <laughs> no, it's all love. And Jack. Uh, and Jack. Moving on. Back again. Oh, wow. Back again. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So we talked about the MLB, talked about the Phillies, the Mets, the wild card picture, and now we're going to move into NFL and Monday Night Football. Whoop, up, 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 up. There it is. There it is. Jets fans are disappointed. Even though they won. You want to tell them why, Jack? Uh, yeah, yeah, I could tell them. I could, I could tell them why. You like that? I just, I just want to make a disclaimer. If you're new to the show, if we're talking about a primetime game, Mitch will start belting into that respective network's theme music. Yeah, um, I gotta learn the prime video one before we go into tomorrow night. Uncanny, he will just absolutely just belt into it full force. He's given it everything he's got. For reference, that was ESPN. Yes, that was the Monday Night Football theme. And we'll hit up, uh, we'll hit up um, NBC later. Dun, 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 dun. You know what else is a common theme? What? On Monday Night Football, outside of the theme music they use to, uh, to introduce it. <laughs> what, did, what did you just say? She, you go, well, you know what else is a common theme on Monday? And before you can finish on Monday Night Football, she goes, Fox! <laughs> that, that's true. Sid, that's true. That's, a good, that's one theme. of my favorites. That's just, yeah. that's just on Sundays. Sid, can you sing it for us? Um, did I do the right one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. That's all I know, guys. That's all you know. Um, Bills Jets. <laughs> all right. Off the rails. Twenty-two sixteen. OT win for the Jets. 
a common theme like I was going to talk about is Josh Allen turning the ball over. Oh, man. Four turnovers, three interceptions. Man, Josh Allen looked horrible in this game. I can't lie. And thank goodness, because uh, I had a kind of a miraculous You're win for in Josh fantasy. Allen's downfall. Yes, I had a miraculous win in fantasy. I love Josh Allen, just not this week because uh, I, I came up up ten with the Bills defense and Dalton Kincaid against Josh Allen and James Cook. Somehow I won. So there you go, counting my blessings. Allen went 29-41, 236 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Also had a key fumble late in the Big fourth quarter. Big fumble. Big-time fumble. Set up that Garrett Wilson touchdown. What a grab. Did you, were you watch, did you watch the whole game? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was glued to the television. That I couldn't was, believe he caught the ball. Oh, my goodness. That was one of the greatest catches I've seen in some time. Yep. And let's not forget player of the game. Intercepted Josh Allen three times. How about that, Jack? Yeah. Um. Oh, no, no, no. The fumble set up the field goal. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say the, the Wilson one catch the, the was third interception in the set up the touchdown. Yes. So, what was uh, what's Whitehead's first name? Jordan. Jordan Whitehead, uh, with three picks of Josh Allen. They showed the second pick, like you know, a replay of it. That was a bad throw. I mean, oh my goodness, he wasn't even hiding or anything. He was just right there, ready to. No, I just jumped around. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was lurking, and then just boom. Just Jumps it and picks it off. Yep. What, what a night for Whitehead. By the way, his bonus of his contract this year, I think he already met it to get a $250,000 <laughs> bonus. That's awesome. Game with three interceptions. So good job, Jordan. Not only did your team get a win, but you made some good money in the process. Uh, but let's get into game review here. 22-16, sure. like we mentioned, four turnovers for Allen. He just didn't look comfortable all night. And this is a very good Jets defense, a top-five defense in the NFL with the amount of pass rushers they have. Really, on all levels, this defense is very, very solid. But... You know, they were getting, I wouldn't say they get to Allen heavy, uh, but they didn't actually, no, I would say actually five sacks. They had some good some good. Five sacks is pretty good. Uh, so they made him feel the heat, just got him uncomfortable, but Allen, of course, made some plays with his legs when he needed to. Jets offensively, of course, the big story of this game, Aaron Rodgers going down on his on the fourth snap of the drive, played four snaps before he ruptured his Achilles. Uh, he's done for the, for the season. season. Could be done like in his done. NFL career. Yeah, that would be so unfortunate. Would be. One of the, what a, what the a last m- kind of Hall of Fame quarterback of our childhood, really, that's still in the league. That's upsetting. You know, I, I remember the days of Rodgers, Brady. Uh, Peyton Manning. Phillips. Uh, Phillip uh, Rivers. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, not Phillips. Drew Brees. Uh, uh, Drew Brees especially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even like Tony Romo, right? I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't bunch him in with those I guys. I call him great, like, but he was always there. Yeah. Always know? there breaking his collarbone. Always there with my dad yelling expletives at him. No. <laughs> so, my God. Yeah, um, just a lot of great quarterbacks that are uh, no longer in the game, and I mean this would be just this. Well, it already is such a blow for Jets fans who had so much excitement coming into the season. Finally, had a, a veteran presence at quarterback that they thought could lead a, a star-studded roster to a Super Bowl. And I'm not I'm not here to just rain on the parade, but I do not think Zach Wilson can lead you really anywhere um, except to your demise. I think the season is pretty much uh, over in terms of Super Bowl hype. I think this is a first-round exit playoff team, and I think that's super unfortunate for Jets fans. Yeah, a lot of excitement. Like it's so, it's so reminiscent of what they had in going into the nineteen ninety nine season. They make the AFC title game the year before. That's not what they did last year. But in just terms of hype, like this is a team who could maybe win the Jets their first Super Bowl since Super Bowl three, where they yep. beat the Baltimore Colts, and. I mean, Vinny Testaverde in the first quarter of the game ruptured his Achilles, and Rodgers did the same thing here. It's like deja vu for Jets fans. It just feels like as soon as the Jets get a glimpse of, you know, a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of happiness, it gets, you know, ripped to shreds and thrown by the wayside. 
Look, Zach Wilson's not going to get into the Super Bowl. 100% agree with you there. I think this team could still push for the playoffs, though. That defense is legit. Uh, they have a good running game between Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Garrett Wilson's a true number one wide receiver. It's just if Zach Wilson can do enough to win them games. You know, if he can't, like, if he just has to not turn the ball over too much. And they can they could pull out 9-10 wins, possibly. I believe so. Yeah, I, I really think so. I mean, his interception on Monday was... Oh, that Horrific. was vintage Zach Wilson. Yeah, that was like, yep, was, there's a Zach Wilson. There we, we are, you know. We're back. And it, it's just so unfortunate. But uh, another side story of this that I saw, I believe the trade with Green Bay, Rodgers had to play, I think it was like 75 or 80% of snaps of the season. He's not going to do that. So it looks like uh, the uh, the Packers will not get that first-round draft pick. Yeah, yep, they'll get a second-rounder for him. Yeah. Uh, but real quick, we're going to step aside since it is rush hour. Give all of you who may be driving while listening to us an updated traffic report. Um, we'll be back in 30 seconds. Accident-free in the Lehigh Valley on 22 and 78, Berks County on 222 and 422, Schuylkill County on 209 and 309, Carbon County on 248 and 443, and on the Turnpike. The 69 News Traffic Center tip line is 610-820-1111. That's the latest from the 69 News Traffic Center. Welcome back to Heavy Eaters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KR Kutztown. Jack High, Mitchell Smedley, hour number one. All things NFL we've been talking, but we're recapping Monday Night Football from last week. Jets over the Bills, 22-16 in overtime. We talked about the Aaron Rodgers injury. We've talked about the Bills, Josh Allen with those turnovers. How can he bounce back? How can they get him to look more comfortable uh, You know, running that offense? It looked like he regressed kind of back to what early career Josh Allen was. Reminded me of, you know, that first playoff game I saw Josh Allen play. You just see this guy has all the tools. It's just can he consistently be, you know, good enough to not throw those weird interceptions and, you know, get his mechanics and, and technique out of whack. Looked very disjunct from from Allen in this Bills offense. For the Jets, Zach Wilson didn't really do anything special. He just did enough to not lose them the game. Didn't but even the win play, them the game in overtime. No. I mean, the big play was the uh, Xavier Gibson punt return overtime winner which should have been called back for a uh, penalty on the return did you see that i did yeah actually a former chief of officiating came on and said that was a good no call really yeah i was on a i was listening to good morning football this morning i was like yeah i wonder if they're going to talk about the because they were talking about bills and jets hmm. and uh, al river on the former i believe chief of nfl officiating uh he's no longer in that role uh retired but he was talking about it. he's like yeah and and you know you can free stream anything and you know have it look some sort of way, but in real time, that was that was a good no call. I'm like, mm, that's an interesting perspective from him. So, well, that that makes me much happier so. that a big play uh, stands. I mean, the Jets would have more than likely won the game anyway. I agree. They just needed a field goal, and it was a short kick. Yeah, and so. they would have been what a, you know, Trippins. I think a 15 yard penalty, so they would have been set back to like oh, the I forgot 30 about 30 yard yeah. line. Yeah, about the 30. But that's they still need to go 40 yards. Yeah, exactly. And Zerline's got a huge leg, so they call him Greg the Leg Zerline for a reason. <laughs> Yes, they do. So, all right. Uh, any yeah. other th- any last thoughts on Bills Jets match? Well, yeah. I mean, the Bills offense. I mean, aside from Stephon Diggs, who's going to catch footballs for this team? I mean, uh, Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, uh, Dalton Schultz, um, Dawson Dawson Knox. Knox. I do I confuse those every single week? I feel I, like I, I think do. it's the first time you ever done that. Actually. No, I, I that that's a consistent war in my mind. Really, I don't know. Yes. I think you might have done it before, but just maybe not on the show. Maybe I, I yeah. never remembered correcting you for that. But Dawson Knox, maybe because it's Dalton and Dawson. It's yeah, just it's so, just so close. Yeah, exactly. and it's one syllable last names. So, but 
Both um, start with K. Both their initials are DK. So it's Dalton Kincaid and, and Dawson, Dawson Knox. Knox. Yeah, really trying to confuse Dalton you. Schultz. Yes, I don't like this. No, but uh, get it together. You know who else? You know who I thought looked good in this game. I like James Cook. I like the way he played. Uh, he showed he can be. He's good, a man. Consistent runner for Buffalo. He's showing he can be a number one. Yes, and uh, I also agree. speaking of running games, I mean, how does Brees Hall not find the end zone? Yeah, what are you doing, man? I know he you ran out of gas. I, I know that's incredible to me. You can't run ninety yards. So ninety yards, come on! You are uh, outrunning other top tier athletes. I just, Jack, I can run a hundred uh, hundred meter dash. Like I can do that. Yeah, am but, I better than Bruce yeah, Hall? But like, well, not getting caught by a fourth, you know, four four running defender trying to catch you. Well, get caught then, but don't run out of bounds. Well, he did get caught. I think he got tackled out of bounds. I thought he started running toward the sideline. No, he did run towards the sideline. Why? Why not just much- run straight? He could, I guess. Shortest path between two points is? A straight line. Yes, it is. But, I mean. He needs some geometry in his life. I'm not going to get stuck up on that. But, no, I thought uh, the Bills needed the emergence of a second pass catcher uh, other than Stephon Diggs. If I'm the Bills, um, until that happens and until defenses adjust, I'm throwing to Stephon Diggs like every play. I'm it just, just works. I don't get why people are on the Gabe Davis hype train. I never understood. I it. used to be, and now I'm not. I, I was on it, it for like work. half a season, and I'm like, I realized, yeah, this guy's just never going to be what people think he can be. It was lightning in a bottle in that playoff game against the Chiefs, and I realized that now. I was on the Gabe Davis hype train for a whole season after that. Now I'm off. I'm good. I, he's, he's never going to be that number two that they need him to be. Correct. He's not. It's so. just not going to happen. And if it does happen, I'll take it back. I'll walk it back right on this very show. Yep. But I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it will transpire. But I think both teams had great running attacks. Um, both are going to leave uh, things to be desired in the passing game. Uh, New York, it's because of their quarterback. And Buffalo, because of anyone other than Stephon Diggs not really being uh, an emerging player. So I also think Josh Allen's decision-making was very poor in this It was game. awful. It, it Really, a lot of sloppy football all throughout week one, and we finally, you know, we saw the conclusion of that Monday night. Um, you know, it's a lot of preseason stuff. It looks like preseason football, doesn't it? So Yeah, it does. So Moving on. All right, week two, we're going to preview uh, Eagles-Vikings. Oh, yeah. Prime video, first prime video Thursday night game of the year. Got to learn that theme song. So, yeah, Mitch doesn't know that one, so we're going to come. I'll come in with it after the next we'll, we'll not cue Mitch <laughs> with the music, um, but... Look, we saw this game transpire last year. Twenty-four yeah, to seven. Wasn't that week two as well? I believe so. It was on prime time. Twenty-four seven. The Eagles won that game. I think it was Monday night. It was Monday night. So Monday night at the link. Now it's Thursday night at the link. Oh yeah. My question. I have a couple questions going into this game. I got a bunch of answers. Will the Eagles' offense bounce back? Yes. From their twelve point showing in New England. Because I think New England uncovered a lot of things. Twelve to point cover. showing. Yeah, they their offense only scored twelve points. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They scored uh, twenty-five minus seven is eighteen. Right? Defense scored one touchdown. They scored 25 points. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't really... I mean, the fumble recovery set them up inside the red zone, so I guess I kind of attribute that to the defense mm. kind of scoring. But, I mean, the offense still has to punch it in, so it does count for the offense. Yeah, so 18 <laughs> points. 18 points. That's not... Yeah, at least some to be desired. But. I mean, it's still 12-18. It's not good either way. Yeah. Let's not, let's not sugarcoat it here. Um... You know, what does Brian Johnson do? Does he open up the playbook more for, for Hurts in this offense? Because he didn't in week one, from what we saw, in my in my estimation. Um, so just give me your thoughts on what this offense can do, what their ceiling is, especially in this game. You know, 
do, do they let the deep shots fly more for Hurts? Because it looked I like think they were you just constraining to. him. I think you absolutely have to. A.J. Brown was pretty much invisible. I don't think uh, I don't think Goddard had a catch. No, he didn't. In uh, in week one. Was the leading receiver between, uh, in, in the game last year between these two teams. Important note. Yep. So, uh, and look, you have Kenneth Gainwell, who got a lot of touches. I believe 18 last week. He's, He's out. out. He's out for this game. You're out. <laughs> Change sides. <laughs> so... Look, they're going to have to let it fly a little bit more. Um, and this is a team that I don't think Tampa Bay ran this ball uh, or the ball very well against this defense or even tried to or even had to. Um, I think Minnesota leaves quite a bit to be desired on both sides of the football. Um, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to light this defense up. I think Jalen Carter is going to have a field day with him. And quite honestly, but back to the Eagles offense, you're going to need to let it fly 40 yards down the field to A.J. Brown. You're going to need to do that. And to Devontae Smith as well, who had the lone touchdown for the Eagles last week. It's really frustrating watching first and second down running for one to two yards each time when you know how capable the playmakers are on the outside, when you know how capable Devontae Smith is, when you know how capable A.J. Brown is, and when you know how capable Dallas Goddard is. Did Jalen Hurts take a, a step back from the passer we thought he was last year? Maybe. Was that a lightning in a bottle year? It's very possible, and it's what I'm worried about with giving him so much money. And this is one of those weeks where he has to bounce back. He has to do it quickly. He has to do it. I, I, I want 30 points. I want 30 points this I mean, that's week. not unattainable either. It's no, not like the Vikings not. boast this great defense. They're not good. It's a, it's a weak secondary. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're not a good team. The Buccaneers just beat them. Come on. By the way, you said the Buccaneers didn't try to run it on them. They did. They failed. Oh, okay. uh, ran it 33 times for 73 oh. yards. That's 2.2 yeah, yards not good at carry. All. So, not good. Well, I guess they stopped trying after a few. After, after they realized it didn't work. Yes, yeah, so, because I was watching the end of that game. It looked like a lot of passing. So. Yeah. Um, that Mayfield, was Mayfield had a quarterback score. run to get the winning first down. Yeah, that I game. saw that. He, he did. I love the announcer on that play. He's like, this is why it's great to have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback, because he doesn't care. <laughs> That's great. Funny. So, but I, I expect the Eagles to go out and blitz them a little bit. Uh, I expect like a thirty to thirteen, a thirty-one thirteen sort of game here. I think the Eagles win quite handedly. Go Birds, baby! All right, uh, a couple more questions. I mean, can the Vikings limit the turnovers on Minnesota side? They were minus three last week. Prime time, against... Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, they were minus three against Tampa last week. Two inside the red zone, one inside their own territory that set up a field goal for Tampa. You can't afford that against a solid Eagles defense. If you look back at last year's game, Cousins threw three interceptions on that Monday night game in Philly. It was a bad game for Kirk. He'll he'll be the first one to tell you that. You can't repeat that. And, and a very big concern, which is why the Eagles should be very pass-heavy, in my opinion, in this game. Minnesota, the second-worst pass defense, allowing 265 yards per game last season. They didn't upgrade the secondary. They, in fact, lost pieces there. <laughs> so I think it could get even worse. I'll go 27-14. I think the Eagles are going to... You know, hit them early and then kind of take their foot off the gas, much of like what they did last year. It's really a thing the Eagles do. They did it against New England, up seven or sixteen nothing. Took the foot off the gas, didn't score another touchdown. So, so. I, I want to see an Eagles team that doesn't step off the gas. It's been a minute since we've had that. Really? I don't think it's this team. I don't think it's under this coach. I think it's a twenty-seven fourteen game with some of those touchdowns from Minnesota coming in the second half. But the Eagles improved to two and zero. They don't look great. They don't look convincing in their first two games, but they are two and zero. Well, I'll take 2-0 however I can get it. Take 2-0 however I can get it. You know, I could be the Giants, you know, okay. losing 40 to nothing. Enough. All right, well, that is going to take us to our final break of Avenue. When we come back, we will fly 
through these <laughs> uh, fly eagles fly. Ah, very funny. We will fly through our week two predictions. Uh, what we think we'll do some in depth breakdowns on certain high key, um, high marquee matchups. Uh, pardon me, and then we will move a little bit quickly through some other games that are not as notable. But don't go anywhere. Plenty more sports talk coming next on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Kutztown, Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley. We also have our special guest Sid along with us. Sid, we got to be serious here. So. Heavy hitters oh, behind the man. scenes. That would be funny. <laughs> no, that would get us canceled. <laughs> yeah, that might get you canceled. When you think next. about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move through these games. We started off with Eagles, Vikings. We go both, Birds! We both got the Eagles winning this one. We're going to go to the 1 o'clock slate. Going up to Buffalo. Raiders traveling to take on the Bills. I think this is a prime bounce-back situation for Buffalo. Has I think to be. Allen and that offense figure out, figured out against the Raiders defense that is... Okay, I think if the Broncos had more capable weapons, they could have exposed that. The Bills do. I think Stephon Diggs is going to have a huge game. I think James Cook could be primed for a nice, a nice outing for him. I got the Bills in a bounce back effort. What about you, Mitch? I definitely have the Bills in a bounce back effort. Uh, that felt great. Just Bills in a bounce back. Um, a lot of alliteration. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think Josh Allen uh, definitely takes care of the turnovers this time. Doesn't really have four of them. And yeah. uh, I think that, I mean, that alone could have won them the game against the Jets. It's so. tough to win when you're minus three in turnovers. Very hard. So I think the I think the Bills win. I don't think it's a, a, a whopping. I don't or, think it's a blowout. A whooping. But I, I think it's definitely uh, somewhere in the vicinity of seven to ten points. Uh, I agree. I think the Bills get the win just because, like you said, they have a better uh, weapon than, than Denver did. Uh, they have a better quarterback than Denver did. Um and, yeah, I'm very excited to uh, to see the Bills bounce back this weekend. All right, let's go to Cincy, a big-time AFC North showdown between the Ravens and the Bengals. That'll probably be the nationally televised CBS game of the week, you in would my think. opinion. <laughs> but <laughs> the Bengals and Browns did get it last week, so they go back-to-back with Cincy. I'm not sure. But, anyway, um, Bengals have to bounce back, you think, right? I mean, they have to score a touchdown. Like, yeah, the, the <laughs> offense has to do more than what they did last week. Three points ain't going to win you many games. Looking at this, looking at the games between these two last year. Maybe against the Giants, but okay. You scored zero on national TV. I'm sorry. All right, we'll talk about them in due time. But back to Ravens-Bengals. Look at the matchups between these two last year. Week 18 was the final showdown in Cincinnati. Bengals won that one. No Lamar Jackson in that game. Uh, Bengals got off to a big lead early. Then they took their foot off the gas. Ravens tried to crawl back in, but it was just too little too late. Bengals won and earlier in the year, but the Ravens won it in Baltimore, so they split. I think we see a very very similar trend this year, an improved Ravens team in terms of offensive weapons. I think Zay Flowers is a good rookie addition. I think Mark Andrews will be back into the game. He'll be healthy to go this Hopefully. week. I don't know about fully 100%, but who really is fully 100% healthy uh, when it comes to football? I think he'll be you know, mostly healthy. He'll be good to go. Just in my humble opinion. Um, so that'll be a good welcomed addition back to a Ravens offense that didn't look too inspiring last week against the Texans. They didn't really need it because they controlled that game. Uh, but, yeah, give me the Bengals in a home win. You, so you have Cincy going 0-2, man. I no, like no, no, no. that. I, no, I said give me the Bengals in a oh, home I, win. Oh, I thought you said give me the Ravens. No. I'm sorry. I just no. tuned you out. I kind of I kind of hyped up the Ravens. Yeah, a little bit. You had me, you so had me leaning. You yeah, I teased me leaning. I did. So, false start on me. Yeah. Uh, neutral zone infraction. But I have the Ravens. I do have the Bengals going 0-2. I have the Ravens. They look like the better team. Um, I, I get it was against Houston, and it, you should have beaten Houston by more. But 
you know, quite frankly, we didn't really know what to expect from Houston. Maybe they're better than we anticipated this year. C.J. Stroud at the helm. Uh, the J.K. Dobbins injury, I think, is a factor here. I think the running game takes a hit. But I think uh, Baltimore irons out a lot of their, their offensive kinks from last week. Uh, I think the Bengals do some of the same. I think you uh, you have a lot of potential for these divisional games, as we always see, to get pretty gritty and, and nasty. Yeah. but I didn't like the way Lamar looked last week, though, either. So I'm confident in, Cur- in Burrow bouncing back in non-raining conditions. Comparatively to Lamar, who looked just okay in a game where weather wasn't too huge of a factor. It's a good point. Uh, That's just kind of where my logic stands to, on. I, I would also, in the in the Bengals camp, say that you also have uh, T. Higgins caught zero passes last week. Yeah. That's going to change. Exactly. Um, I, I definitely, I would never be shocked if the Bengals won this game. I just have a feeling. I got the Bengals by, or not the, the Bengals, the Ravens by three. I think Lamar takes a big step forward. I think Lamar's poised for a big year. And uh, I think he's going to enjoy Mark Andrews being back. Um, both of these these teams really are getting playmakers back on the field effectively with Mark Andrews and, and Higgins um, actually being a factor in the passing game. So I think uh, I think it's twenty to seventeen Ravens. All right, you got Ravens by a field goal. I'm going Cincy. I'm not giving an exact score. I'm just going with the Bengals. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I didn't write down our picks from last week, but for the rest of the season, we'll be writing down our picks and we'll be reviewing them, you know, keeping track of our record as the nice. season goes on. Just see how we do. Now, I'm, the predicting games is so tough. Not a whole lot of definitive skill in doing it. I mean, you can pinpoint certain matchups and the other thing, but it's unpredictable. Once these teams hit the field, everything looks, you know, one way on paper. It transpires completely differently on the field. So. Correct. All right, let's go down to Jacksonville Vera, for a very this is a big highly matchup, anticipated dude. game. I'm Could excited be the game for of the this week. game. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs try to rebound after a tough opening night loss against the Lions, but it's no easy feat. They're going to play a team in Jacksonville. A lot of hype around them. Doug Peterson, the coach down there, they're 1-0. They pulled one out in Indianapolis last week, 31-21 in the divisional showdown. For the Chiefs, what wide receiver is going to emerge to this team? Is there one guy who emerges as the top dog in this receiver room, or is it just a different guy having a better game than the others each week? I think it's the latter of the two options. It's just depending on who it's going to be each week. I think Travis Kelsey will be a go for this game. Agreed. I don't think he'll be fully healthy, but I think he'll be good enough to play. Chris Jones is going to play, but I think he'll be on a snap count just because they just signed the contract. Uh, he's going to have to prepare. I think they're going to do similarly to what, they, what the Niners did with Nick Bosa last week. Um, but on the Jaguar side... You know, their offense trying to build up a solid week one. That Lawrence Ridley connection, will it carry over every single game? Does Christian Kirk get a little bit more involved? Is a Jones at a touchdown catch? A lot of guys defeating that offense. Uh, but big injury for them. Standout offensive lineman Brandon Scherf, an all-pro, sprained his ankle. Doug Peterson said they're going to take it day by day, and his status for Sunday is uncertain. That would be a huge loss for them up front uh, if he can't go. I believe Tyler Shatley's the backup there. Um, as the right guard for the Jags, so he'd be plugged in. It would be a substantial downgrade. Not that not that he's bad, but it's hard to replicate the production of an all-pro on the offensive line. So we'll see if he is good to go or not for the Jags come Sunday uh, afternoon. And that's the tough thing about having a Wednesday show. I mean, we're, we're gauging these predictions based on information that we're not sure whether some of these guys are going to be suited up on Sunday or not. So, uh, But for me, I'm going to take the risk. And my prediction... The Jaguars are going 2-0. Wow. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I'm riding That's, with them. Give I like that, man. I love the Jags pick. I love it. I love the confidence in them. I think their cap- their receivers are you know more threatening than than the Lions are outside of Amon Ross St. Brown. They have depth there. They have Ridley. They have Kirk. They have Zay Jones. Evan Ingram as a tight end is another decent option. Heck, you can even throw the ETN out of the backfield. So they have options that can hurt you from all over on the offensive side. Uh, I think 
Lawrence have enough time to scan the field and throw. And, uh, yeah, give me Jacksonville in a tight one. Well, I'm really hoping for this uh, ETN thing because you watched how Detroit ran the ball against uh, against Kansas City, and, and both Montgomery and Gibbs did fairly well, I'd say, uh, last Thursday night. So I have ETN in fantasy. I'm really hoping. And I, I'm the more I think about this game, because I came into it thinking there's no way the Chiefs go 0-2. Uh, Travis Kelsey is coming back. He's going to be wreaking havoc on the field, as you would think, from Travis Kelsey. Uh, and the, the Chiefs receivers, you would think, can catch some balls this time. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. All of that leads me to, to believe Kansas City. But you got to look at it from Jacksonville. Everything you just mentioned, really. I was going to mention the same thing. is the depth at receiver. Uh, Evan Ingram, the tight end. He's no slouch. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks good so far. I know it's only one game. I, I It's hard for me to imagine a world where Kansas City drops the first two. It's really hard for me to, to imagine that. But... I I might oh, I came in picking Kansas City. I want to point that out first. Uh, when I sat down and looked at the the games this week, I said Kansas City would win that game. But I think I'm going to ride with Jacksonville this game. I I think they're a very good Super Bowl pick. I think you know sometimes you just need to have these big wins, and I think this is a big win uh, for Jacksonville to point to and uh, and say look at look at what we did to Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think it. I'm not confident in it. I think getting Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones back at the same time ups this Kansas City team by quite a bit uh, from what we saw against Detroit. But I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say Jackson. Mm. Oh, this is so tough. Did you already write it in? Yes. Make, yeah. it, make a decision. I don't care. Going I can Jacksonville. Change it. You're going Jags. Yeah. All right. Before we get back to it, we have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu slash KUR, find the live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR, rolling on. Final couple minutes of hour number one. All things NFL. We talked about MLB at the top of the hour. Now we're rolling through the NFL at the end of the hour. Um, we were talking about Jags Chiefs right before that message uh, from the KR Notebook. We're going to move on, going to Nashville, Tennessee. Chargers and Titans. Both Ugh. these teams 0-1. A gut-wrenching loss for the Chargers at home against the Dolphins week one. Titans offense looked... They could move the ball down the field, just could never cash in when they got on the Saints side of the field for a touchdown. Five field goals from Nick Folk. Does that change in week two? Uh, I think they will get in the end zone against the Chargers defense, but I do not think they will win. Give me the Chargers to win, uh, barring Eckler plays. Joshua Kelly looked capable, though, in the time he got the ball uh, when Eckler was out for you know that fourth quarter. Uh, but give me the Chargers to win in a bounce back effort. They proved 2-1-1. and one. I also have the Chargers. I'll make this one quick. I don't think this is one you have to ponder too much on. Better quarterback, um, better players really all around the roster. I, I, like, the, uh, I like the Chargers. Better offense, a better quarterback, better receiver. Yeah, better receivers, uh, better Better offense. secondary. Yeah, better defense. Or, you know, the better of the worst defenses. Yeah. Yeah, so. they're not great on defense, but they're better than the Titans. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, losing to the Saints and losing to the Dolphins is Could two be a very big, different things. Big Keenan Allen day. Yeah, yeah, looks like it. So, All right, let's go to Atlanta. Stick it in the South. Packers traveling to take on the Falcons. Packers' impressive week one win over their son, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> um <laughs> I um, own you! Just because it's the love era doesn't mean anything has changed there. 
Falcons also want to know Jesse Bates, a couple picks in their win over the Panthers. Mitch, this is an intriguing one, not worthy, in my opinion, of a full in-depth breakdown. No, it's not. But an, I think an underrated matchup in the Week 2 slate. Uh, I have the Packers winning and proving to 2-0. I also have the I Packers. like Romeo Dobbs. I think he'll have a good game. I'm not sure if Christian Watson's going to suit up in this one. Aaron Jones dealing with a hamstring injury. I think he'll be a go. But, again, not full-fledged. I think they're going to split the workload with him and A.J. Dillon. We, but we both have the Packers going to 2-0. Yes, we do. Uh, I don't think Atlanta's that good. I think their passing game's horrific. Yeah. Desmond Ritter, I'm not sold on him He's whatsoever. not a good quarterback at all. And Jordan Love looks like he is. So Defense looked better than I thought, though, for Atlanta. So that's a positive. That's true. Hey, that, that revamped Atlanta defense looks pretty good. So Jesse Bates looks like a great pickup in that secondary. He definitely does. Well, it was against a quarterback making his debut. So That's true. We will pump the brakes on that for another week. All right, let's go to Detroit. Ford Field on Sunday afternoon. I don't think there's been a more highly anticipated Lions home opener in our lives. I Mitch. don't believe so. It's the Seahawks. Looking for a rebound game, trying to take on a feisty Lions bunch. I think it's going to be a physical matchup, hard fought all the way to the end. But I got the Lions winning this one. Uh, this one actually is uh, kind of a full breakdown. I you know, I already mentioned how physical this game is going to be. Rams torched the Seahawks secondary, though. Puganakua had a big game. Tutu Atwell went over 100 yards. Tyler Higby got his name, you know, got his hat thrown in the ring. Stafford went over 330 passing yards. Didn't throw a touchdown, though, uh, just because they were able to run it once they got inside the red zone. But I think that's an optimistic sign for the Lions. Offense, combined with Seattle not getting a second-half first down, uh, didn't also not help the cause of their defense. Geno Smith only threw for 112 yards in a rough Week 1 loss. That was against the Rams secondary. That's not really too, you know, that doesn't stand out a whole lot to me. You know, just look at the names on that team. But I think the Lions win. I think the Lions go to 0-2. And considering the Lions' biggest defensive strength is that secondary, I think that spells a problem for Seattle. I definitely agree with you. I, I think that watching the Lions' secondary, albeit against a an injured Chiefs, uh, and, and quite frankly an incompetent Chiefs at times. Uh, <laughs> Not wrong. I think they were still pretty good. Um, however, I, I think... Seattle poses a different threat. You have DK Metcalf, Tyler, Tyler Lockett. Lockett. Uh, what's the new guy? Jackson um, Smith and Jigba. Njigba, yeah. And Jigba. I, I don't know. That's going to be a tough one for you all year. And Jigba. Um, that'll be difficult. Jackson, JSN, right? Yeah, you could just call him JSN. Yeah, perfect. That sounds like a news network. <laughs> this is JSN. Um, Bureau's Worldwide. Um but so I, I think that there is actually a, a much bigger challenge at hand for this Detroit secondary, and I think they're going to get exposed a little bit. Um, I really think that Geno has a bounce back week. I'm considering starting him uh, over Dak Prescott. I I think that uh, look quite frankly, just Seattle's going to win the football game. I just think, like you said, it's going to be highly anticipated. It's going to be highly physical. But I just think these Seattle receivers are very good. Uh, the trio of them, we're yet to see them fully unleashed because, you know, inadequate week one play because who plays in the preseason anymore? So I, it's pretty much the if I had to point to one matchup I'm looking at in this game, it's the Seattle receivers over this uh, relatively untested um, Detroit secondary. That's that's what I got being the difference in this game. Some big plays. There can be some big throws. So you got Seattle. I do have Seattle. Okay, you got the Seahawks at a bounce back. I have Detroit. Let's go down to Houston, Texas to round out the first hour. We'll make this one quick. Colts and Texans. Ugh, boring. 
I'm going to go with the upset. Give me the Texans to win this game. Me too. I was impressed by Strout week one. I think Bingo. the Colts are terrible. Um, we'll I see think how the Anthony Texans Richardson offense. plays after that, uh, yes. that hit he took. So all things point Texans for me with uh, Dalton Schultz. I will agree. I think uh, Tank Dell could see an increased role. Uh, I like Nico Collins. Uh, Noah Brown, I think, has a groin injury, so Who's that's why Dell, he's a rookie out of Houston. Oh. So, uh, give me Dell, give me Shroud to keep looking better and better as the weeks goes on. That D'Amico Ryan's defense. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, I like I like the Texans one. All signs point to Houston. Have fun stiking. Yeah, 0-2 Colts. All right, that is going to take us to the end of hour number one. We will be back in just a few minutes to continue rolling through our NFL Week 2 predictions. Then we'll talk about all things college football to round out the show. Don't go anywhere. A whole other hour of heavy hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR coming your way next. And welcome in. It's hour number two of heavy hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. WKUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim. And this is your second hour of sports talk on your Wednesday evening. Happy Wednesday to everybody. Happy hump day. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Live up in the MSU. Hello. Um, MSU represent. Apps like Mike Tuner and tune in. tune in. Thank you very much, wherever you may be around the world. Or if you got a radio here near campus, thanks for joining us. Let's talk some more sports, Jack. Let's hit heavily. Let's do it. We were talking all things NFL to wrap up hour number one. We were talking about CJ Stroud and the Texans, how we think they're taking down the Colts. Yeah, that, and their that's not deserving opener. of a big breakdown. I think that's no, it's not. It's not fairly simple. Just recapping for all you folks out there for what we talked about. We're going to give a recap of what we've picked and why we picked them just very, very briefly in the snapshot. Thursday in football, we both got the Eagles taking down the Vikings. Go Birds! We have the Bills jointly taking down the Raiders. We will differ in our pick of the Bengals and the Ravens game. I went Cincinnati. Mitch went Baltimore. We both go with the Jags to take down the Chiefs. Kansas City falling to 0-2 for the first time in I don't know how long. I am long. not confident. I might switch that pick before the show's out. All right. Chargers-Titans. We both go in with the Chargers over Tennessee. We both have the fat, the Packers. <laughs> the Fackers. <laughs> the Fat Packers. Yeah. Uh, a lot of dairy consumed in Wisconsin. So yeah, hey, you could be on the heavier set side, maybe. <laughs> anyway, good. Not saying you I'm are. I'm not. I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, We're gonna roll that audio back. <laughs> uh, we both have the Packers taking down the Falcons. We will differ in this game. Lions. I have the Lions taking down Seattle. You have the Seahawks winning. Coming into Ford Field, and we both have the Texans. Over the Colts. All right, final 1 o'clock game, Bears and Buccaneers in Ooh, Tampa Bay. This is an interesting one. Not for me. Oh. I have the Bears. Okay. And a rebound winning quite convincingly. I was not impressed by I was not impressed by the Buccaneers week one performance. You're not on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon? No, I think the way they won the game is not replicable week over week. By Wait, forcing... you don't think two yards per carry is rec- replicable? No, I I do not in terms of trying to win a football game. I, I think, think the Steelers is. do that every week. I think um I think the way they you know their defense came up huge, that's not gonna happen every week. I think the Bears will find their footing. Uh I think this is a classic bounce back spot for this offense. If they can just let Justin Fields get some reins to throw the ball instead of just kind of trying to keep him in this box, let him just, you know, branch out, let him see what he can do. You're never gonna find out the potential of this guy if you don't let him sling it a little bit. So Yeah, give me the Bears as well. Uh, better quarterback, better ingredients, better pizza. Um, better quarterback, better offense. Yeah, Bears win. Better offense. Yeah, I, I just don't think the the Buccaneers are very good, and I think that's 
going to show you just how bad the Vikings really are. So goes towards my Eagles pick, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it does. Um, let's move on to the 4 p.m. slate of games here. Starting off in Arizona, only four 4 o'clock games this week due to the double Monday night games. So that's why you might be saying, well, why is there you know, not as many 4 o'clock games? That is the reason why there's one less than usual. All right, Giants-Cardinals at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Giants are going to win. I think they're going to win convincingly. They're going to show the you know show the NFL world that uh, last week was not indicative of what this team's going to be over the course of a full uh, seventeen game season. Give me the Giants to bounce back. Bounce back. They're one and one. Look, Arizona lost to the Commanders. They're going to lose to New York. It's a matter of how big. I say uh, seventeen points. Give me the Giants convincing fashion. Good bounce back for you. I can't make fun of you for another week. If you if you do lose to the Cardinals, you will be made fun of. Oh, and deservedly so. Yeah. Because that Jack I, I said it on Monday. The, you, I said it on Monday. If the Giants lose to the Cardinals, the season is over. Might yeah. as well pack your bags you and not show that. up. Do you think the Cardinals are the worst team in the league? Yes, hundred percent. Wow. Undoubtedly. Yeah. They're pretty bad. I think they win maybe three games. Joshua Dobbs, you think? Maybe gets win number one here against the Giants? <sighs> no. If that happens, oh Monday Monday's Ooh, gonna be that rough. would be rough for you, Monday's buddy. Monday's gonna be rough. You're going to hear a lot from me on Monday if that happens. Yeah, so. I, I hope so. All right. Rooting for the uh, Cardinals this week. You hear that reverberate? Yes, that did reverberate <laughs> quite a lot. Anyway, it's like my new gavel. Giants. <laughs> well, you gotta, we got to move through these four o'clock games. What do we got next? We do. Uh, we're moving on. We got Rams and Niners. This is an interesting game for me. In L.A., Look, 49ers are one of the best-looking teams in Week 1. Right yeah. alongside Dallas, the Rams, and more. We could keep going. The list goes on. The Rams, you think, are one of the best teams? One of the best-looking teams from Week 1, yes. Oh, 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 oh yeah. I, yeah, I did not say the Rams are one of the really best teams I'm really not listening that much today? Yes. Wow. Yes. This is shocking. One of the best-looking teams in Week 1. I'll put emphasis on that. In Week 1, Okay. the 49ers Heard. and the Rams were two of the best teams from last week. So, they now meet in Week 2. San Fran is... Probably one of, if not the most complete roster in the NFL. Uh, they don't have one singular glaring weakness on that team. Quarterback. I would not say that. That's I'm the, not I impressed by Brock Purdy. I, we, can, we will differ 100% there. I think Brock Purdy's very good in the sense that he's just very good for that offense. Like, he is he's a Kyle Shanahan special quarterback. I think he's an upgraded Jimmy G. Yeah. Like, he can do... Jimmy G was never a guy who would lose you the game. But I think Brock Purdy's a guy who has enough where he can win you a game. You know what I'm saying? Eh. Like, if you need a big drive, Purdy can lead it. So Maybe. Maybe. That's just my humble opinion. I, I'm not impressed by him in any in any capacity. So. I think he's a very mid-range quarterback. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying Brock Purdy's elite. Yeah. It's not, it's, not. Not, it's not what I'm saying at all. Good. But I think he's a, you know, top 15 guy. Could. Could be. Bubble. On the bubble. Pushing it? I mean, that's a fair take. But on the flip side of the Rams, look, I think the biggest matchup of this game is going to be the Rams wide receivers against this 49ers secondary. Yeah. You know, they have, you know, Charverius Ward. They have Hafunga back there. They have so much talent in the secondary. Uh, Lenore, another one of their solid corners. You know, how does does the Cooper Cupless Rams wide receiver room feature against a better secondary than they saw last week? I'm not so sure. I don't think they're going to favor as well at all. 
Stafford's not going to throw for 334 yards against the 49ers. Uh, and give me the Niners, and then the Niners are going to win convincingly. Double-digit win. Double-digit point win. Yeah, I, I, I would love to pick the Rams. I would love to hand the Niners their first loss of the season. I don't think it happens, though. Not here, anyway. No, not not yet. Uh, I got the Niners. I got the Niners convincingly. I just don't think those Rams receivers are good. I think that was uh, flash-in-the-pan stuff. You're going to need Cooper Cup if you really want to go anywhere in Los Angeles. So, give me the Niners. I hate that we're agreeing so much. I think yeah. I'm going to make it official, by the way. I do not see Kansas City going 0-2. They're getting their talent back. I got the Chiefs. I think those playmakers are... I mean, hey, those playmakers almost single-handedly destroyed the Eagles So, uh, in the Super Bowl. So I got them taking apart the Jags. We got Flip Floppy Mitch back yeah, on the show. Yeah, give me the Chiefs. So. Chiefs. All right, we're going to get a message from the KUR and open them <clears> before we get back into it. Attention to KU community. KUR podcast, a good sampling of our programming regularly on multiple different platforms. Some of our best talk programming can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Simply open your Spotify or Apple Podcasts and search for Kutztown University Radio and listen to the many great podcasts featured. Some of our older podcast programming is still available on YouTube. Search for Kutztown University Radio to find them. And finally, some of our best music-based programming is podcasted on Mixcloud. Go to our Mixcloud page at www.mixcloud.com slash KU Radio to listen on demand. That's www.mixcloud.com slash KU Radio to listen on demand. This message is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. KU are back here. Hour number two of Heavy Hitters talking all things NFL. Going through now the 4 p.m. games on Sunday. We were just talked about the 49ers and the Rams, and I would have loved to take a deeper dive on our next game, but... We're not going to, and rightfully so, because the Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. Womp womp. Yeah. Um, Sorry, did you just say womp womp to a season-ending Achilles injury? (laughs) I did. (laughs) What a great rap. You've been saying that all day, too. I have. Anytime anyone starts talking, Jack just goes womp womp. (laughs) It's a good take by you. My dad and I are in agreement here. We text her off the show. And I couldn't agree more. Wow, Mr. Heim not texting me during the show. That the okay. 49ers. Playing favorites. We'll have the NFC Championship go through them. I think the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Brock oh Purdy my. will win a Super Bowl before Jalen Hurts does. Oh because San Francisco was just that team this year. I In think Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy are actually very similar. <laughs> I think they're both fringe top 15 quarterbacks. Oh my goodness. I just guy, can't stand Jalen Hurts. This guy, dude. I'm sorry. The Jalen Hurts hate is Wild. All right, that might be a little. The Jalen hurts a little far. The Jalen hurts hate is wild. That might be a little far. I'm sorry. No, Jalen hurts is like bubble top five. Brock is like hurts hater in bubble effect. top fifteen. Unreal. Dude. I just do you see how he carries the football? I don't. I don't understand your what what this stems from. When he stops fumbling, he can have my respect. So. All right. Well, we're moving on for now. We're, not, we're not talking about Jalen Hurts. Guys by 10 we're yards. not talking about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. We're, we're talking, about talking about Jalen Hurts. The New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys meeting in Jerry's World on Sunday at 4:25. I got the Cowboys. Don't got to take too much time in this one. Zach Wells in this offense will not be able to do much of anything, in my opinion, against this Cowboys defense. They looked great in Week One. I think it's going to be themed throughout the rest of the season. They have a top five defense in the league, if not the best. Uh, you could make that argument. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say they're the best defense, but certainly top five. Yeah, give me the Cowboys to win comfortably. Mitch's second favorite team. It is not. No. I don't know where that came from. It is yeah. the Panthers are my second favorite team. No, I know. Um, this is my upset of the week. And 
I'll tell you why. Uh, Dallas has a major culture problem. They've had one forever. Uh, Dallas gets complacent quite frequently. And yeah, it didn't look like it last week. Yeah, that's the thing, though. They're coming off a 40-point victory against the New York football Giants. I don't think this is a Dallas team that's just going to sleep. You know? I think it is. and I, think I don't think this is your regular Dallas Cowboys team Dak either. wasn't tested last week. Uh, Dak didn't have to do anything. The Jets are pretty good. Jack, uh, Dak Jack. wasn't tested last week. Dak didn't have to do anything that's to win the, the game thing. last that's week. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't tested. That's what I'm saying. Do you think it's changing this week? Yes. Really? I think the Jets' defense is Far better. Don't get me wrong. The Jets' defense is very, very it's good. far fancier. I've sung my <laughs> praises about the Jets' defense earlier in the show. Dallas is not scoring 14 points off of a blocked field goal. And they're not. And a pick six or whatever that was. They'll just score those points on offense. No, they will not. Because they're going to have the possession like so much slanted in their favor. I think Zach Wilson has one of those weird good games. So are you going the Jets? I am. I am picking the Jets to upset the Cowboys. Just so you know, the uh, Cowboys are almost double-digit favorites. I'm well aware of that fact. So. That's why it's the upset of the week. And if All it right. hits, you can, you can, you know, bow down. I think mine's the Texans, I guess, if you could call that an upset of the week. Maybe, I don't know if the Jaguars are favored or not, uh, but I practically picked all favorites. Yeah. So. I like to, I like to divert a little so. bit. All right. I just think everyone has those, lo- like, every good team is good. Like, the Eagles undefeatedly lost to the Washington Commanders last week. Everyone has those odd losses. Difference a division game. I agree, but the point stands. Everyone has these losses where you look, you're like, we lost that game? That game? Yeah. The 2017 Eagles lost to the Seahawks. I don't think it's that game for Dallas. They'll Broke lose to a, a bad game team. Win They'll lose to a bad team, I think, later, a little later on in the season. This is not the I think game. it's week two. I think week two it happens. So, so give me the Jets. I'm going to say something you might not want to hear. I think Dallas could very well win this division. Just saying. I said what I said. Get out of my face. All right. Final 4 p.m. game. Commanders, Broncos. I'm going Denver. Um, it, they're at home. They're going to rebound. Sean Payton will get his first win uh, as the Broncos head coach against the very inconsistent Commanders who have no idea how to block because they allowed six sacks against the Cardinals. And if you're allowing six sacks against the Cardinals, you're allowing double-digit sacks to everybody else in the league. I mean, the Cardinals' defense isn't horrific. But they're not great. Nope. So uh, yeah, give me the Broncos. Uh, it's not gonna be a blowout though. Yeah, I got the I got the Broncos too in a very close game that shouldn't be. I don't think Russell Wilson's good yet, um, which is really odd to just watch Russell Wilson just not be good anymore. Isn't this weird? So I think odd. He was, I think he looked a lot better last week than he did at any point last year. I just I, I'm just not that impressed. I mean, who does he got to week? throw the ball to? In all due respect. That's, that, okay, fair point. Greg Dolchich got hurt in that game. He's out. He's on IR with a hamstring injury out at least yeah, four that's weeks. Unfortunate. So Adam Troutman, am I really fearing Adam Troutman? Am I fearing Cortland Sutton? All due respect to Cortland Sutton, he's not a bad receiver, but he's a pretty good receiver. I mean, you know, you could just double him and let any of these other guys try to, you know, little Jordan Humphrey is little Jordan I think Humphrey. Troutman's okay. I think Troutman's a pretty good. Is little Jordan Humphrey lighting fear into your defense's eyes? No, no not at all. So I mean, this wide receiver room is probably bottom five in the league just because of their injuries. Uh, you know, we'll see when Jerry Judy gets back. I think they'll they'll take a step forward when that happens. But until that happens, no, I'm not scared of this Denver wide receiver room. Yeah, and I'm not scared of Sam Howell on the other side. So, so yeah, I, 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 that, I mean, I think Washington could very well win this game. But I'm just I going very Denver. very much agree with you. Um, I'm kind of talking myself into into Washington right now. No, uh, there's no way they're not starting two and zero. I think they. I don't they're know. Washington, dude. When you look at it, um, it's still Washington at the end of the day. It is. 
And I'm not a, just because they're under um, new ownership doesn't no. mean those effects no. are going to start taking you, place year one. You want to talk about receiver rooms? I think Washington has a hell of a lot better receivers than than Denver. And I do, I, but I like the Denver defense. But I think it gets them down the field a little further, and I think they. I'm going to go Washington. I think they put up just a few more points than Denver. I think this is like a like a 16-13 game or something. Like this is, you know. Flip-flop Smedley back in effect a double double. Nah, I didn't have any harsh feelings about this one. I okay. Commanders. So give you're me the commanders. commanders. I'm going Broncos. That's so gross. All right, Sunday night football. Let's get there. New England. I'm not going to do the song. Hosting Miami. Uh we're going to preview this then go to break. Uh, and then we'll save the Monday night games. Just as a disclaimer, we're going to save the Monday night game previews till the Monday show. Good call. Uh, which is very much a solid call. I, I like it. Well, actually, so what time is the first one? Uh, seven. I think it's seven ten. So and we'll lead you ten. right up to it. Yeah, we'll lead you right up to Saints yeah. Panthers, uh, and then Steelers Browns will proceed a little bit after. So it's seven fifteen on ESPN for the Saints, and it's a uh, little programming notes. It'll be Brown Steelers eight fifteen on ABC. Oh, so, I forgot there's an ABC game. Yes. There's an ABC game. It'll be the Steelers and the Browns in Pittsburgh. Saints-Panthers happening in Charlotte. Bryce Young's home opener. First time the Panthers fans will get to see uh, what they hope to be their franchise quarterback. Uh, But until then, we will preview those games on the Monday show. Final NFL preview. Actually, the time works out to just better do it after the break. So we are actually going to go to a quick break. I looked at the time. (laughs) It's it's 20 after. Sounds good. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we will preview Dolphins and Patriots Sunday Night Football to wrap up our NFL segment before we will move on uh, to looking at week three of college football. Disclaimer, a little bit of a weaker weekend slate for the college game, but we will still provide uh, some in-depth breakdowns on some solid matchups. All right. Plenty more sports stuff coming right on Heavy Hitters when we come back on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Eaters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, K. We're Kutztown. Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley. Hour number Jack. two. You did. I figured out the uh, the Prime Video theme. Yeah. Terrible. I like it. It's so bad. I like it. All right. Let's preview Dolphins Patriots Sounds Sunday like night budget. football. Sounds like a budget version of the uh, CBS one. It sounds like a wannabe uh, superhero movie entrance song, like a like a Marvel theme song. That's just so horrific. <laughs> that's my that's my take on it. Dude, I always thought that the NBC one gave off like Imperial March vibes. Dun dun Yeah, yeah, but instead it's like you know. I am your father. I want to see them slip that in there. Dun dun I am your father. Okay, that would only be fitting if Bears and Packers played on Sunday night. They usually do. So they usually. I feel do. like the only time they play on Sunday night is when they're in Lambeau, never when they're in Soldier Field. No, I remember them playing in Soldier Field. Uh, when um, what was his name? Khalil Mack was big. Oh yeah, remember that? Remember that? Game? Remember the Bears Packers game where Devonte Adams went across the middle of the field and Danny Trevathan absolutely crushed <laughs> oh, him. Man, remember that uh, that Packers game? Actually, it was the same game I was just thinking of where Khalil Mack like wreaked havoc in the first half. Packers were down big, and then uh, they came back. Randall Cobb, seventy-five oh yards, dude. So remember that? Yeah, that's crazy. 
But uh, right. update, by the way, I believe the Cubs lost and San Fran is losing or has lost. Um, just some wild card game notes. So, in case you're curious, I thought you should know that all those, you know, womp sorry. womp. Morgan Wallen, Morgan womp womp Wallen. <laughs> 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 All right, let's go to New England for real. Uh, you mean like IRL? No, no, no. In terms of the preview, I can't stand going. That would be a long drive. It I'm is not, not a fun place to be. I'm sorry. Okay, Dolphins. Look, they're not going to be able to do what they did last week against the Chargers, against the Patriots. Patriots have a top five defense fringe. I think they are a top five defense. So they can't do what they did against the Chargers I just last week. Accidentally the punched the mic with my water. I heard that. Um, so how do both teams adapt offensively? You know, considering both teams threw the ball an absurd amount in week one, two or through 45 passes, Mac Jones threw 54. Wow. That's not what you're he accustomed to. 54? Did not feel like that. Yeah, threw 54 passes. That's crazy. It's not what you're accustomed to seeing out of a Patriot-led offense, but Bill O'Brien's back. that ran it like all but three times on a primetime game. Bill O'Brien's back, ago. and they are not afraid to sling it, so, um... Yeah, it's kind of crazy what an offense could look like when you're not having a defensive guy, when you don't have a defensive-minded guy calling the plays. It is interesting, isn't it? So, you know, take Matt Patricia out of the play-calling role, and look, it's a capable offense. Well, but 20. It's looked more capable than it did at any point in my mind last year. True. So, moving on. Who you got in this game, Jack? I have the Dolphins, and I think Vic Fangio's defense is going to take a step forward in Week 2. Uh, compared to what they displayed in week one. They had some timely plays against the Chargers, which is what sealed the deal and got them the win. Uh, but for me, the matchup of the game. Dolphins wide receivers against this Patriots secondary. Rookie Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. I like I like Jonathan Jones, Kyle Duggar back there You know, as, as a safety. I like this Patriots secondary. I like this Patriots defense. I'm really high on Matthew Judon uh, as an edge rusher there. Me too. So I really like what this Patriots defense brings to the table. I just don't love the offense. I think they can, you know, I don't know if they're in a position to trade points with the Dolphins if it becomes that kind of game. Do I love these matchups? You know, do I think these corners are going to be able to withstand these Dolphins receivers enough with how much they could throw at you? You know, people underrate the depth options of this team. Braxton Berrios isn't bad. River Craycraft showed something in week one for the Dolphins. So I think they have good depth of receiver does Miami. And I think over the full course of a game, the, these receivers will find enough wins comparatively to losses against this Patriots secondary. Uh, give me the Dolphins. They're 2-0. Patriots start off slow going 0-2. It's going to be a tight game all the way through and through. I was impressed with Mac Jones in week one. Uh, I think Kendrick Bourne's going to be a solid option for him, at least in the first couple weeks, until Devontae Parker and Taquan Thornton get back. I like the rapport he had with Hunter Henry. But in this said game, I don't think it's going to be enough. I like the Dolphins in this one. Um, so I think both de- both defenses are going to be, uh, you know, good. Uh, I think the Patriots have the superior defense by, you know, Agreed. it's not close. Sizable margin. Yes. Um, I don't think the Dolphins' defense is going to be putrid. Um, like you said, though, it is the Patriots' secondary. Can they rein in these capable Dolphins receivers? We know what they can do. Um, I think they can. I, I saw them firsthand lock up uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith for the most part. And I think Bill Belichick's a defensive mastermind. Yeah, I think they do a similar thing here. And I think that Mac Jones, who I was impressed with, does uh, enough. I was impressed with Zeke, except for his fumble. I was going back and forth on this one, but I'm standing strong. My gut told me Miami. No. So So, I'm not not like you. I know. I'm not like you. Okay. So you you go flip-flop. I'm sorry that I reevaluate information. As I'm saying, I'm not saying I have a problem with you changing your pick. 
But you did flip flop. Seems like yeah, it seems like you had a major issue. You did flip flop. But major, I am gonna major issue would be me berating you for. And how about this? How about this? I'm gonna go. I've thought it the entire time. I'm going New Patriots. England. There's the Boston mm-hmm. accent. Going New England. You get a pocket cut out of, of a yard. You I, got, I was I mean? torn when I was thinking about this game. Huh, who do I want to pick? My gut told, told me Miami. Buddy plopping his house down at a Shelly Super Highway. You can't do right. the accent. <laughs> That's the Boston accent, man. So, you know, I listen okay. to Bill Burr. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's important caveat for me when I was looking up, I was like, huh, I remember Tyree Kelvin some great games in New England. Ooh. He has. Uh, first two times he went to Foxborough, had seven catches for 133 yards and a touchdown his first game there. 142 and three touchdowns the second go around, uh, but has been held under 100 yards ever since. Was that with the Chiefs? Yes, Remember both of those were with the Chiefs. That, wasn't, did that he have crazy all of Sunday that in night the game. first quarter? It was that crazy Sunday night game when Brady and Mahomes were just trading. Oh, points. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was a four o'clock window when he was like on the sideline. Send help! They need help. Remember one when of he was them like was on that, the phone? Yeah, one of them was a Sunday night game though. It really? might have been the 133 yard on a touchdown. That had to be game. his first one. Yeah, I don't know if that was the same game where Kareem Hunt went off and the and the Chiefs pulled it out. Well, I feel like one of those is that game. One of those games where it was Hill and Hunt both went off. Yeah, and then I, I vividly remember watching. It was. Hill. It was the first one, September seventh. That was Kareem Hunt's NFL debut. Nice. So yes, that and, was the game. I think that's the Sunday nighter where the Chiefs won. Yeah, and the second game, I I remember him on the sideline. I, I'm calling for help. They need help. <laughs> yes, that was funny. what a cocky guy. Did they lose that game? Maybe they might have like New England may have come back. So I forget, but yeah, that not, was like 2019. Ringing, yeah, off the top of my head. So, so. anyways, um, but the last time he went up to Fox, we only at 55 yards. I had 94 against them last year in Miami, but he's done pretty well against the Patriots in uh, six career games. He's got 550 yards and five touchdowns. Wow. So, I mean, yes, those first two games kind of inflate the numbers. But he has fared well against the Patriots. So, I expect to have another solid game. I think he'll get over 85 yards. Maybe get, I'm probably getting the end zone. So, I think Tyreek Hill is going to have a good enough day. I think Watt will have a solid game. I know he's questionable now, but I think he's going to play. Yeah, what's that about? Um, not happy. I'm not really sure. You just showed me questionable. I, I yeah. didn't see what it was. I didn't get the uh, didn't get the alert about that in so. terms of what exactly his injury was. Interesting. So, but... Give me the Dolphins. I'm not going to flip flop. Give me the Patriots. Strong. Give me the Patriots. So Mitch goes the Mitch goes the Patriots. I go the Dolphins. I and the Patriots very well could win this game. Don't get me wrong. You know. I mean, as could the Dolphins. But yeah, you know, this is a toss up. The Dolphins could win. You know, but the Patriots could also win. Yeah. <laughs> Both teams are very capable <laughs> you know, here, but I'm going Miami. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. I do. I mean, look, New England. They may run the ball a lot, or or they may pass it a lot. Yeah. I think I think you're talking about someone we both know. No, just spitballing here. Oh, really? Just thinking out loud. Yeah, gotcha. All right, we're gonna move on. We're talking college football. We're gonna make up for something we missed on Monday. We're gonna talk about Dion and the Buffaloes of Colorado. They had a big win last weekend over uh, Nebraska in emphatic fashion. I mean, they just blitzed them. Yeah. I mean, they you know took them to the woodshed. I mean, it's just like, uh, but I mean, they're two and zero now, top twenty five. They're going to go to Autzen, uh, Autzen Stadium next weekend against Oregon. Um, yeah, that one could be a little bit. Uh, little give me the upset, bro. Give that's me not the this weekend. upset. That's not that's next. Weekend. I know. I'm just saying. Give me the upset. Give me the upset. Yeah. Upset me, Jack. I think you're crazy. Upset me. 
Uh, I'm so high on this team right now. I think you're out of your mind. No, I think I am too. Logic <laughs> tells me to not do this, but I'm going to put my heart on the line. So Next week's got some good games. I'm excited for next week. Colorado. But we're not talking about next week. We're talking about this week. That's correct. So let's get to it. Thursday night games, not really much going. Only two games. Uh, Miami hosts Bethune-Cookman. What uh, the? So, so unfortunately. Sorry for Bethune-Cookman. They're going to get rocked. Did you hear something fall? Maybe I'm, you know. Never mind, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> never mind, I can't, <laughs> never mind, I can't it, say it, that. It occurs, oh, someone's in here. Josh okay. is here. Nice. Oh, <laughs> Aforementioned. No, he wasn't. Indirectly. I don't know what you're talking about. Indirectly aforementioned. Nah. So, um, uh, Navy and Memphis, not really any notable Thursday night games. Correct. Same with Friday. So we're skipping right to Saturday. Penn State. Oh, yeah. The Nittany Lions traveling to Illinois. I believe, is it Champlain or Champagne? I don't know what town they play in. I thought it's Champlain. It, no, it's Champagne. Oh. It is yeah, C-H-A-M-P-A-I-G-N. Champagne. Seventh-ranked Penn State. Drew Aller. Oh, yeah. And the Nittany Lions will roll, and I think they're going to win. I, I think they're, they're going to win, man. They're, they're going to win, win big. big. Yes. They're going big. 14.5-point favorites. Give me them by 20. I like them, yeah. I was higher on this. I was high on Illinois coming into the year just because of what they did last year, the start they got off to. They kind of fizzled out. Uh, but I'm not impressed with what I've seen so far in terms of an upset. I don't think it's happening here. And this Penn State team's a little bit different than some Penn State teams we've seen in some years past. So I would I like, agree with that. I think the Nittany Lions, they have one of the best rushing attacks in the country between Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Uh, I, think, I think one of the announcers, I think the color guy who did last week's game on Peacock, called him K-Train Allen by accident. But I kind of like that as a nickname. That's a great name. Like the K-Train. Here comes the K-Train. Here comes the K-Train, boys. Uh Uh-oh. Choo-choo. Here comes the K-Train. I think uh, Nick more so describes me. Single town. (laughs) Single town. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's single tin, I don't care. Nah, it's single town. So... He's actually you know, local guy, PA guy, Nick Singleton. Yeah, dude. I uh, went to Governor Mifflin High yeah, School. I'm from that town. So. Singletown. <laughs> oh my God, Mitch. <laughs> so uh, from around, I believe Governor Mifflin's in the Reading area. Really? Not directly in Reading, but I believe Who it's knew? close to Reading. So. Well, I guess a lot of people go to Penn State there from so. around this area. Yeah. James we- Franklin is a solid job, I would say, recruiting the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But I always and, forget we're a Commonwealth. Yeah, that never one, slipped one of mind? four. One of four Commonwealths. I thought it's two. No, it's uh, it's Pennsylvania, Kentucky, I believe Massachusetts. I thought it was just Pennsylvania and Virginia. And Virginia's the other one. No, I think it's four. Is it? I think it's four. We're hey, gonna, Josh, get on this. We're going to fact check that. Let's do that. So He's still even here? I thought I saw him walking around. Yeah, I think he's in the production room. Oh, okay. Um, But I believe it's four. Yeah, there's four. Huh. Kentucky, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Virginia. Got Good them all. job, Jack. We covered our bases. Good job. So I would have gotten that wrong. Yeah. I should pay attention to my politics class. <laughs> it's probably a good idea to pay attention to class. Yeah. That's uh but we're wandering a little bit. So I'll do. Getting back to Penn State, Illinois. Sure. I love I love Lambert Smith as as the wide receiver, the top wide receiver for this Penn State. He's team. good, man. He is he is good. Keandre Lambert Smith, another Virginia guy, just like uh Katron Allen. Both from both from I believe Norfolk, Virginia. Um so that's kind of an interesting fact. Despite uh, Allen going to IMG Academy down in Florida, he is a Virginia native. So Gotcha. But for Penn State, yeah, I just I, I am so high on this Penn State team. I said they'd go 11-1 and at the start of the year. I'm not going to waver in that pick. 12-0. and 
They're going to go to three and zero. I think they'll beat Illinois convincingly. Yeah. I think Aller's going to look comfortable. I think the running attack's going to look good. The defense will smother Illinois. Illinois will get some points for sure, but I mean, it's never easy to pitch a shutout. But I think they they look dominant. It's a big noon kickoff, so yes, you can hear Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on the call. Oh man, the I'm call. excited! Touchdown, Penn and Lions! Nick Singleton, 75 yards, touchdown, Penn State. Aller looking at zone. Oh, he caught it! Lambert Smith! <laughs> touchdown, Nick Oh Lions. my God, that touchdown was so loud in my ears, my headphones. <laughs> that was so loud. And touchdown, so loud for all of you viewers out there. I'm so sorry. And so Singleton out the middle. See you later. We're going to turn your mic down a little bit for sorry, now. When, when you're reciting Gus Johnson, you, well, do, you do tend to get very, very loud. So does he. So He does. <laughs> He does. He is known for his emphatic calls. But, yes, we like Penn State. We like Penn State to roll. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Florida State, but they're my team. So I'm definitely going to take the spotlight for a little bit. Go for it. Oh, man, they're third in the country. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) Are you excited? Are you a little bit excited? I'm a little bit excited. Oh, man. I'm a little bit excited. If the season ended today. We'd be a playoff team. Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, we play Boston College this week. We're 26-point favorites. Only Man. thorn in that line is the effects of Hurricane Lee could be affecting the Eastern Coast come this weekend, uh, if I'm correct. Yes, so New England. The, the New, New England, England area. area. Um, not the core of the of the story. It will actually be – so it won't actually be a hurricane when this is all happening. Likely, it will be making an extra-tropical transition. That doesn't matter. What's going to matter is there's going to be hurricane force winds, winds yeah. in and around uh, you know, the Cape Cod region, up through Maine especially, uh, really the New England coastal areas, and uh, you know, a little bit inland now. Models are shifting west with it a little bit, so something to be cautious of if you live up there. Um, nothing like what, you know, unfortunately, Florida had to go through. But a lot of these areas are not as uh, prepared for storms, for winds like yeah. this, because they don't get them as frequently. Yeah, because so hurricanes just don't hit. Stay weather aware. Uh, pay so attention to your local uh, and national uh, weather services and the Hurricane Center. And uh, please, please, always be safe. Better to be safe than sorry. Correct. So that's Correct. all I got on, on Lee. And, uh, yeah, so it could uh, could affect the, the ball a little bit, could affect the passing games and all that jazz so something to be aware of so i think it's gonna be a very run heavy game but that that that's fine by florida state they got trey benson who's a bell cow back lawrence tofili is a solid backup what's his name lawrence tofili oh i thought you said lawrence tofili no yeah nope i was like is he coming here nice so i mean he could I mean, like he's a, trade a solid rumor. back sounds like a trade rumor so lawrence tofili i also like rodney hill too he's a younger guy a little third string I mean, he has shown some tough running when he's gotten game action. Uh, but Florida State, third, I know I mentioned it already, the, the offense is, Keon Coleman is a freak athlete. I mean, watching that guy play two games for the Knowles, it has been nothing short of incredible. He catched it after getting, you know, hit late out of bounds, no flag called. He just got, as he was going out of bounds, he got, you know, hit hard late. Next play, gets a catch, shakes a tackler, hurdles a guy. Just goes right over him. <laughs> Gets shoved down at the five-yard line. His three touches against LSU is impressive considering he just climbed the ladder to rip him out of the air against a tough DB, Major Burns, I believe, in a couple of them. Just his athleticism, his sheer size on the outside, he is a freak. He's going to go in the top two rounds of the NFL draft. I have no doubt in my mind about that. He could pl- very well play himself into the back end of the first round. And 
I'm so excited what he can do over the course of the full season. Just seeing what he's done in the first two games. Man, I can't wait for that Clemson matchup next week. I cannot wait for that game. I can. Oh, what? Because you know they're going to lose? Yeah. So. Yeah. By the way, Clemson's scared. They usually allocate 1,300 tickets a year to Florida State, um, you know, for like a section or whatever. Only 500 this year. Mm. So so they know they're scared. They're scared. They're shaking in their boots. They know they're probably going to get rocked on their home field. Yeah, a little bit. So. Oh, I can't wait. To see Florida State beat Clemson again, the team that just run this conference for so long now, oh, it would be so sweet for me. But for this week, they're going to kill Boston College. They are just going to absolutely run through them. It's not even going to be a game by halftime in my in my mind. So very excited for that. So much hype around this Knowles program for the first time in so long. I've suffered through so much pain. I actually came up with my Snapchat memories the other day uh, of me very sad eating a Boston cream donut at like 1230 in the morning post the Jacksonville State lost that's an f that was an fcs school at the time they're now fbs <laughs> you uh, talked about this uh the other week i was so sad i was like you after the phillies yesterday yeah. i was inconsolable except well, even okay. worse okay yesterday, i was so I down was, bad yesterday i wasn't that bad i was upset yesterday yesterday uh yesteryear uh after we lost the world series that was inconsolable I was inconsolable just because of how embarrassing i cried on my was. couch I, I laid there crying on my living room couch so Say living room. It's a common area of so, an apartment yeah. in Golden Bear. It's not yeah. a living room. Not a, li- not a living room. <laughs> in my living room. Couch. In my living room. In the common area in my apartment. I remember sitting at that house. So. Living room couch. Thinking no way them boys wouldn't win. Yeah. I, I was. That's what you I was, was doing. No, I know. I know. I know. That's why you said it. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll actually dive into college football. We've talked about our favorite teams. we talked about Penn State. We've talked about Florida State. We talked about Coach Prime and Colorado. How impressive of a start they're off to. 2-0. Uh, they look real good. They got Colorado State this week. That's a tune-up. That's a mop-up game for them. Uh, so they're going to be 3-0. How about the Buffs? Top 25. So much hype. What Dion's done is unprecedented with how much he used the transfer portal to turn this team around so quickly. Uh, but, yeah. The buffs look good. They look like a force to be reckoned with out in the Pac-12. All right, stepping aside one final time for today. When we come back, we will wrap up the show by talking uh, all things week three of college football here on Heavy Eaters and the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Well, I hope you are going to stay right here, though. Here whoa, on whoa, whoa, whoa. Interrupting my live broadcast there, buddy. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> it was a good segue. I know. But take it away. <laughs> no, you're good, buddy. You can go. Go with your segue. We're back on Heavy Hitters, and we hope you have been staying here even after that last break. But Enjoying talking- our talk about college football. Yes. <laughs> I can interrupt you, too, you know. Yeah. And, um, oh, I was actually thinking during that last segment, I well, won't be able. <laughs> gotcha. You oh, put, I you almost put your, just. You put yourself on a silver platter for that one. I almost just had to have that dump button used. Oh, um, okay. Well, that was almost instinctual. <laughs> um but uh, I actually won't be able to watch Gus Johnson and the big noon kickoff. Oh, yeah. We will be at Andre Reed Stadium. We will. For the home opener of the very disappointing so far Golden Bears. Yes. 0-2. They look to uh, turn a corner and get things back Weren't on the right track Weren't we supposed to be like weekend. a playoff team this year? Um, Preseason picked second in the East Division. Yeah, that's pretty only good. Only behind Shepard. Yeah, it's pretty good. Look, it's not the start they've gotten off to, but it's still a long season ahead. Still uh, 10 games to go. Uh, so... Ten or nine, I, um, still well, nine. again, still yeah. a long way. Yeah, I think nine. You're right. Still a long ways to go. Typical. Still <laughs> a long ways to go. Still time to turn uh, this thing around and right the ship. So, are you okay? No. 
Is it something I said? No, it's. Are you thinking about what happened at the <laughs> yes. break? Okay, okay, cool. I'm still thinking about that too, but I'm just kidding. Dude, I can't hold it together. Time. So it's okay. But Josh's but yeah. uh, official take, by the way, uh, I believe, was that Colorado is insane, and they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, and, and if he if they don't go to the playoff, he'd be shocked. Okay, mark it down now. Yeah, per Josh too. Per Josh right. dude, he would be shocked. Yeah, what would are they ranked right now? In his own words, I think 18. 18. They're not going to the playoffs. I think they got a long ways to go, buddy. <laughs> That would be one of the craziest hey, things of all time. In it starts off next week with the Ducks. Yeah, with the Ducks in Oregon, in Eugene at Autzen Stadium. Yeah, I don't think there's you, a way they win you, that. Eugene. <laughs> do you know that song? No, I got to show you that one. Yes, you do. You, Eugene. Hey, Eugene? <laughs> Eugene. <laughs> when he's going to give them playing Z-Niner Niner. Oh, yeah. Eugene. Okay. Anyways, we're way off topic. Uh, but real quick, going back to the Golden Bears. Yes, they open on uh, their home slate of games for the 2023 season. This Saturday, noon at Andre Reid Stadium, they will host Mercyhurst uh, from the PSAC Western Division. We'll be there. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be there. Um, KUR provides all live coverage for all things Golden Bears football, yes, so make sure to listen here. Jack and Josh um, up in the booth. Yeah. And Mitchell Smedley down on the field. Hey, yo. So, Let's go. Yes. It'll be our— Should our, be nice weather, too. Yes. Uh, projected, I think, 77 degrees and sunny beautiful. for game time. Might so be a little warm up could in the booth, but yeah. I'll be fine. I could not be. be more beautiful weather for some college football here in mid-September. Yeah. So we cannot, you know, we're so glad uh, to be providing you Such coverage again for this season for, uh, for Golden Bears football. So make sure to tune in on KUR, uh, whether you're not attending the game. Even if you are tuning in the game, just break some headphones, listen to us on the radio. Yeah. Uh, get some, you know, listen to the live broadcast. We're your friends. Yes, we are your friends providing you. Um, all live coverage for the 2023 season for for Golden Bears football, uh, starting from here the rest of the way out. I believe uh, Josh going to be going to all of the road games. I'll be attending some myself this year. Nice, really. On, on my last rodeo out, so nice. yeah. Um, could not be more excited though. So we'll be back. Uh, that's Saturday at noon. Andre Reed Stadium. The Golden Bears will welcome in the Lakers uh, of Mercyhurst. So the Lakers. Make sure to show out and support your Golden Bears. Yes, please. So actually, a couple more things uh, cuts down. I mean. Field hockey and soccer having a good having good starts to their seasons. Are they? Uh, soccer's top five, um, as last time I checked. Field hockey's doing very well, also. So um, Josh you with know, a nice hand signal yes. walking by the door. So shout out to them. Keep doing what you're doing. Off to great starts and I can't wait for the women's the basketball season. season to start. So yeah, yeah, familiar face coming into Kutztown uh, early November. Oh, they play them this year. Yes, the schedule. I, yeah, I, the last time I checked, the schedule wasn't dropped yet. It's Georgian Court's that. first uh, first game. Wow. Yep. Her Very first nice. First game. My sister, for those that don't know, um, is at Georgian Court on the women's basketball team, and uh, her first college game will well, first non-tournament college game, like first normal game, uh, will be again, and uh, will be here in Kutztown. So can't Keystone wait Arena. to be there. Yep. Yeah. Wait, that so I believe it's actually like six o'clock on a Wednesday, so we might have to pre-record that. Yeah. Um, definitely going to get over and support, you know, the fam. So we'll see how that goes. That's still a ways out, though. Yes. But, yeah, Kutztown sports are exciting. It is. It is. It is. What it a is. time it to is. be alive. All right. Back to college football, though. <laughs> we, we talked about Penn State, Florida State. Uh, some other interesting games uh, throughout the weekend. LSU, Mississippi State. That's a noon start time. ESPN, LSU, nine and a half point favorites. I think this is kind of a, uh, you know, could, could catch LSU napping here. Mississippi State's an underrated team in my mind. They're a very experienced group. Will Rogers, their quarterback, feels like he's been there forever. Uh, but Mississippi State's kind of gone under a identity change on offense. This team used to be known, um, you know, under their, their former coach Mike Leach. Um, you know, 
rest in peace to him as he tragically passed away uh you know very recently i believe last year uh that was so so sudden and so tragic that shook the college football world uh but wow mitch just way to <laughs> way to chime in with that i don't know why my phone did that <laughs> but anyway yes so they but back to my main point they've gone to that identity change it used to be an air raid offense but now they're focusing more on running the football more so i was reading up on lsu and how they're preparing for that game uh, and they're like, well, you know, usually when when we prepare for Mississippi State as a fellow SEC Western Division foe, we're looking for the pass, we're looking for the air raid, this, that, and the other thing. But now they have to change it. They're looking more for a run-heavy style team. So it, it is kind of a sudden change in this philosophy for the Bulldogs offense. But I think else is going to be able to handle it. They're nine half-point favorites. I think they're going to win. But I think Mississippi State's going to cover. I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. Really hope I'm not wrong about this. I really hope LSU doesn't just blitz them in Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, but, yes. I, got, I have I a got thought. I to win. You have a thought. Um, I really hate Austin Riley. That's 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 an off-topic thought. It's two to nothing Braves understand. on a two-run home run by Riley. So. Top of the first. I think you just hate the Braves, Mitch. Let's just not, I, let's not I mince words. I hate them all. I can't stand them. Let's they not mince words here. Irritate buddy. me. See, the, the, the weird thing about the Braves, right, because I'm used to my big rival in football being the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are so mind-bogglingly incompetent. Mind and it's it's almost like you know that it's like um like that little brother that is like five years old you know when you're like thirteen or something I don't know and mm-hmm. he's like you know, you're just stronger than him and like he gets super annoying but he never really does anything because you're stronger than him and you could like you know bully him yeah yeah you could bully him if you want the, the Braves are like if I'm the thirteen year old brother you know the Braves are like that that twenty four year old that comes home from college and puts you right in your place first thing you know. Yeah, it's just it's irritating having a rival that does well. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I want them to not be happy anymore. Yeah, I kind of feel that way about Miami. Yeah, the Hurricanes. They're two and I had a big one last week over A&M. They're not losing this week to Bethune Cookman. So Bethune Cookman. Yeah. Hope Sounds like lose. a really weird name. <laughs> Hi, my name is Bethune Cookman. So I'm going to cook for you. All right. Well, uh, before we get back to it, actually, we do have a message. From the KUR Notebook. Join KUAB on a trip to Washington, D.C. on Washington DC on Sunday, September 24th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. The bus will drop off and pick up at the National Mall, and you choose your own adventure. Free museums, shopping, eating, people watching, and more. Departure from the MSU parking lot at 8 a.m. with an approximate return arrival to campus of 8 p.m. Tickets are $10 and available to KU students only. Tickets on sale at HTTPS. Kutztown.universitytickets.com. Student login required to see the ticket availability. This message of community interest brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. K, you are rounding out the show today, talking about college football week three. Talked about LSU. Talked about uh, Florida State, Penn State. Kansas State's got a matchup with Missouri coming up this weekend. That should be a good one. Um, and I, I said it earlier. I said this slate of games is going to be a little bit weaker, and I, I think. There's not a lot to look forward to, unfortunately. You know, Louisville, Indiana could be an interesting game, possibly. I think Louisville wins pretty handedly there. You got, you know, a lot of the top teams hosting their final, you know, out of conference mop ups, and, and that's it. We got Georgia, South Carolina. That's an SEC showdown, but I think Georgia wins pretty easy, easily. They're 27 and a half points favorites. Uh, I think they're going to route them. Carson Beck and that dog's offense will be just fine. And, that South Carolina offensive line that looked putrid a couple weeks ago in South Carolina is really going to have their hands full with that Georgia defensive front. So uh, best of luck to them. 
Uh, they will not win. Uh, Oklahoma goes to Tulsa. It's not really intriguing. Minnesota, North Carolina. So a lot of the earlier slate games, not great. Washington goes to Michigan State, and with all that's been going on at Michigan State uh, with the Mel Tucker situation. That is not a good situation. No. Uh, it was reported he was going to be fired. Yeah, uh, that was a misrepresentation, a, I believe. Yeah, caught him in a sexual assault uh, case, Yeah, uh, I believe. But now he's getting he's just going to be suspended. He'll have to be away from the team as they further look into it, uh, everything that goes on there. <coughs> I mean, if this ends up where Mel Tucker's out at Michigan State, Talk about a fall from grace just in terms of what he's done on the football field, but also just the horrific what he's done off the field if it's everything is confirmed to be true. But this is a guy who in Michigan State is a, a double-digit win team in his first year there. Fell off, took a step back last year, and now he is in danger of you know being fired due to a ongoing investigation to a heinous off-the-field act. But, I mean, that's just crazy. I don't see, there's, I don't see a shot that Michigan State wins this game against a top team in Washington, considering all the off-field distractions uh, from their head coach this week. So give me give me the Huskies, give me them rolling big. Uh, anything else, Anything you want to comment on that, Mitch? No, just um, look. I don't want to make any. Yeah, I don't. Judgments. Again, I don't want to portray a guy guilty before he's proven. It was a shocking story. Yes, it was out, very though. jarring. It was weird that it was first reported he was fired. Yeah, and then, and then they walked, got it walked back. back. I believe that was a journalistic error. Yes. Um, so I don't, it, you're right. It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of distractions. I don't see a way this team wins. So, all right, Tennessee, Florida in the swamp. Joe Milton is looked okay. Uh, Tennessee did not look great last week. They struggled at home against Austin P. Um, they now have to go to the swamp against Florida with, with Graham Mertz. They didn't look impressive, uh, in their opening game against Utah at all. They, they got it back together against the Cupcake against McNeese last week, 49-7. to uh, As Graham Mertz threw for only 193 yards and 17 attempts, they really focused on the run game, where they ran it 51 times for 327 yards and six rushing touchdowns, uh, 6.4 yards per carry. So the Gators' run game didn't have any problems last week, but you're not going to be able to run like that on Tennessee. Uh, I don't didn't love how this Florida offense look when they went against another top team in Utah. Uh, and I don't like how they're going to look this week against Tennessee, in my humble opinion. So give me the Vols to win. They're six and a half point favorites. Uh, I give, give me them to win. Give me them to cover. Swamp's not an easy place to play, but I, I don't love this Florida team. I'm a Tennessee fan, so yeah. No, I'm not really. I just had to throw the song reference in there. Yeah, <laughs> give me Tennessee. Uh, more than a touchdown. We're gonna give you some quick rapid fire other intriguing games of the week. We got BYU Arkansas down in Arkansas uh, at. Oh, what's the name? I think it's Re Reynolds Razorback Stadium. That's it. It was slipping my mind. Also, a town they play in Arkansas is also just not coming to me at this certain moment. So I'm usually so good with the towns where they play the stadium names and the other thing. But it is Reynolds Razorback Stadium. That That is an 100% truth. Uh, but where in Arkansas they play, I cannot think of it right now. So I used to think that was called Arkansas. Very sorry, Arkansas. Uh, I'm, I am a little bit ashamed of myself at this moment in time. Pitt goes to West Virginia on a fierce robbery, the backyard brawl. Yep. Uh, they met in Pitt, Pittsburgh last year. It was, a, it was a thrilling win for the Panthers. Uh, Neil Brown is probably on a uh, very, very scorching hot seat uh, as in being fired from the Mountaineers as head coach. So if he could win this game, that would be a solid one for him uh, and trying to keep his job uh, in, in the Big 12 of West Virginia. He needs it. TCU travels to take on the Cougars of Houston in a Big 12 showdown. Uh, one of the new 
Big 12 teams in Houston. Uh, it's the conference out of Houston. UCF, BYU, and why? My goodness, again, I, it's just I'm losing it right now. I'm I'm, I'm I'm off my game right now, Mitch. It's okay, buddy. It's Houston, BYU, UCF, and is it? No, it wasn't Tulane. Um, you know what? I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Big 12 standings because I I can't stand to not think of this. Stand. Cincinnati. Yeah. There we go. There we go. All right. Remember that. Cincinnati. That's so. crazy. Metro Colorado, Colorado State, Kansas will go to Nevada. I like the way the uh, the Jayhawks have looked so far. And Fresno State is going to Arizona State as a favorite. How about the Bulldogs out of the Mountain West represent uh, the Mountain West Fresno State? Well, that is all we have time for today. We hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. You have a great rest of your week and weekend. Enjoy uh, some college football on Saturday. Enjoy the Thursday night game of the Eagles. Some primetime birds, baby. Tomorrow night. Enjoy the NFL Slate games on Sunday. Make sure to go out and support your Golden Bears athletics, whether it be football on Saturday, field hockey, soccer, all of the fall sports. Uh, they deserve um, you know, your, your support as, as the student body here at KU. So make sure to go out and represent your, your Golden Bears athletics. Uh, but that will do it here from us on Heavy Eaters. Until the Monday show, take care and have a great rest of your week.